This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Houston Astros. Grand Slam! Pretty fired up. Alex Bregman! Get the series back to 2-2. Two two. Shut out baseball from the rookie, Jose Urquidy. The winner of 2-3 of wins the World Series. Astros. Uh, we believe in one another. Take it back. Take it back. Nationals. Everybody on their feet here. This is a special team that's been here before. This team has no quit. The World Series, Game 5. We hung a banner two years ago. We want to hang another one for these group of fans. Deep left field. Let's go. Let's go. And now, Astro Launch. The official pregame show of Houston Astros Playoff Baseball. Brought to you by Houston Methodist, Leading Medicine, by Gallery Furniture, by Daniels Jewelers, and by Waste Management. Here they come. Lift off. Now to the Astros broadcast booth. Here's Robert Ford and Steve Sparks. Greetings from Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., where today the Houston Astros play Game 5 of the World Series against the Washington Nationals. Astros took Game 4 yesterday, 8-1 to from Washington. Jose Urquidy, five scoreless innings, struck out four to get the win as Alex Bregman, three hits, including a grand slam, drove in five runs, and the Astros even this best-of-seven World Series at two games apiece. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup. It's brought to you by Houston Methodist leading medicine. Before we get to who's starting for the Astros, more importantly, a change for the Washington Nationals. Max Scherzer was slated to make the start. He was the starter in game one for Washington, and the Astros were able to get him out after five innings, although Washington still won that game. But uh, Scherzer dealing with spasms in his trapezius muscle, his shoulder, his neck area, and so as a result, Joe Ross, who's pitched once this postseason for the Nationals, is getting the spot start. Yeah, a daunting task for Joe Ross, uh, to be sure, not even having any idea he was going to get that start until this afternoon, and uh, a big predicament for the Nationals with their best pitcher, Max Scherzer, uh, going on the shelf. It's the trapezius muscle up high on the neck, and he was just locked up when he woke up this morning. He felt it coming on for a couple days, and it got worse and worse. Uh, so uh, you know Max Scherzer, a really tough guy. Is just It's killing him that he's not going to be able to make this start. And A.J. Hint saying, okay, things change. Uh, the only thing that changes really, and uh, you know he can't say anything about the, the other team's starting pitcher, but the things that change for the coaching staff and the players is their game preparation. They just have to figure out a way. Uh, uh, maybe their running game changes a little bit, whatever they have to do. But they did see Joe Ross for a clean inning in the seventh inning two games ago and he was throwing hard he was throwing 95 to 97 miles per hour we've seen it plenty in spring training he's got a nice little slider but he can get a a little wild sometimes so the Astros have to be alert for that Garrett Cole getting the ball for the Astros and Cole he pitched 
well for most of game run one wound up giving up five runs over over seven innings and obviously looking to improve upon that today and, and get the Astros one game away from a championship with a win tonight going home right when we think about uh, Garrett Cole and he's talked about this a lot in the last few weeks uh, he talks about executing pitches you know and that's all he thinks about is is just putting the ball in the right spot uh, trusting their game preparation and working along with his catcher Martin Maldonado and just doing that in his last two games uh, that control hasn't been quite up to, to Garrett Cole's uh, what he's been able to do during the course of this phenomenal season. So I think more than anything, just getting out there, his second appearance in, in a World Series, being able to relax a little bit, and knowing that his team's swinging the bats pretty well right now, feels pretty good about attacking these hitters. Hey, he's got a good, he, he had a good example of it last night, man. Jose Urquidy went out and attacked, and I think Cole could do the same thing. Let's take a look at today's keys to the game, brought to you by your Houston area Lexus dealers. And you talk about that attack of the offense. The Astros have scored 16 runs in the first inning this postseason, including six in the World Series. They've scored two runs in three different games over the first four games of this World Series. And, and that's such a big key, and I feel like that's really been a big key. You think about getting the two runs in, in game four yesterday here in D.C., silence that crowd early, and just seem to get the ball rolling. Well, a big part of that is how locked in Altuve and Brantley are, man. They're just getting hits. Uh, they're swinging the bats extremely well. Brantley had five of the best swings I've ever seen a player have uh, in a World Series game. He should have been five for five, not just three for five. So uh, you continue to give yourself opportunities. We knew Bregman was going to break out at any moment. And then you've got, of course, Gurriel, who's stinging the ball. He's not getting a lot to show for it. But if you continue to, to swing the bats well, uh, keep hitting the ball hard, give yourself chances with runners in scoring position, you knew this team was going to break out soon. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Astros President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Jeff Lono. Last time we'll hear from him since this is the last Sunday of the Astros season. We'll be back with more after this. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. How about the Houston Astros? Now, a visit with the manager. Brought to you by Waste Management for environmental solutions that deliver economical savings. Go to thinkgreen.com. Hey, Jay, over here. Just some thoughts about uh, the Nationals having to make their switch and how that affects your team or doesn't affect your team. Um, I think it just affects our, our preparation a little bit because we got a, a late notice that they scratched their starter. It's happened before um, to us. So we, you know, we got to get to working on our game plan against Ross as opposed to what it was against Scherzer. But, um, you know, obviously I know there's a lot of attention that comes with it. We, we know Max Scherzer. Um, something must be going on with him if, if he's going to uh, – you know, miss this start, but you know, it's it immediately goes into sort of game prep mode and and get after it because we we were prepared for Ross as a reliever, a little bit different when you go into a game as a as a team offense. But um, I found out when you guys found out. Heidi in the back right. I was going to ask you when you found yeah. out, but uh, do you feel a kind of a sense of relief though. Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in the game and you're not going to have to face him tonight. Yeah, no, I mean, it's different. I don't know. Relief is probably not the word I would use because we still need to go out and win a game. And, and if we need any example of a, of a young rookie 
stepping up and doing well in the World Series, we could rewind 24 hours, and our guy did pretty good. So um, you can't be overly confident. You can't you can't just assume that it's going to be an easy game for you. It's a different matchup, different style. Totally get the Max Scherzer shock of of going from you know one of the top pitchers in baseball to a young kid, but. Um, we don't. We're not going to high five. We're not going to have that moment where, where we feel like we have some sort of advantage. We need to go find a way to beat Joe Ross now. Uh, and, and Garrett's start in game one. He I was found out from Alex Bregman, by the way, which is part of the story. But that, <laughs> I forgot to answer your first part of your question. But go ahead. Bregman's tapped into the uh, Nats move. He's just closest to his phone whenever it started hitting the the, the social media part. So he came in and asked me if it was true. So. <laughs> Um, I did a little investigating, and it turned out it was. I was just assuming you were watching MLB Network's that's live right. coverage. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's right. Um, Garrett Cole, in his game one start, had some trouble locating his breaking balls. Is there something that he did between starts to kind of rectify that? Yeah, this has been a little bit more of a normal prep for him. I know I talked to him a little bit, and he probably wouldn't want me to tell you this, but there was, there was just different prep for him. You know, he was prepping for a potential game seven uh, had an extra day. He'd kind of done his normal prep, and then, and then there wasn't a game seven. Thankfully, we, we won in six, and then he turned out he was going to be game one of the World Series, and he switched opponents. And so I think he had an extra throwing session in there. So I'm, I'm hoping that his normal prep, his normal routine, it's the every five days that these guys are built and accustomed to. Um, hopefully that, that gets him in a better spot to make his pitches from the very beginning of the game. Now, a lot of that, he, he might not have been locating his – his off-speed pitches, and he wasn't at his best. But the Nationals did a really good job of attacking him in different ways. Zimmerman hits the fastball. Soto hit everything. Uh, they fought off some two-strike counts that, that that teams just simply hadn't done throughout the season. He was getting a ton of punch outs and getting through innings. So I think the Nats' approach hurt Garrett more than even his lack of execution. It was just the way that they came out and hit all of his pitches at different points of the game um, that hurt him that night. And the last row on your left, AJ. Was there some frustration on your end as far as when you got the notice? I think Martinez said he tried to get a message to you guys at four. Right. No, so we knew we knew that it was delayed because um, we assumed it was Suzuki because he he had caught Max, you know, quite a bit. And and anytime you have an injury, you kind of expect a later lineup. So I have no problem with how they informed us. Chip Hale and and Joe Espada, the bench coaches, were both in contact the entire day waiting for the lineup and the decision making. So they were they were top end across the board exactly how you would expect them to to let us know as as soon as they knew. I mean, I, I would imagine and if I put myself in their shoes, I would wait to the very last minute until I absolutely knew that that he couldn't go or that if, if they were deciding on Suzuki as well what his situation was. So they the Nats were great. Other questions for AJ. Ken right up here. AJ, in your years from player to executive to manager, can you think of too many cores of, of controllable players and elite players uh, compared to the, the core you guys have? Right yeah, now? no, I mean, it's that's one of the things, you know, you see some consistency in lineups over years of playoff teams. And, you know, I think back to the Yankees in the late 90s. I think back to the, the Braves back in the day of their their double digit years of, of dominance. Um, but it's nice nowadays to have that. You know, I, I tell our team after every year that every team's different, so you have to really enjoy the group that you're with. Because obviously you're thinking one guy or two guys is going to – maybe it's a reliever, maybe it's a bench player, maybe it's a backup catcher you change out. Like, there's there's change every year. But when you have this many, many players and you think, like, you know, we could write the same lineup next year, 
as a position player core. And we could have some top end pitching, especially with McCullers coming back, coming back. There's a there's a comfort in and you can start to build that chemistry that 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 vibe, that culture that everybody talks about of, of familiarity that um, especially when you're winning. When you're winning, you know, it's any team that I've seen put together, you know, three, five, seven, ten years of winning, you know, you kind of refer back to this core that everybody has, and, and right now we have it. Standing on your left, AJ, Jared. AJ, right here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, during, you know, back during your playing career, it was very notable how infrequently the team that had the best record in the regular season actually went on to win the World Series. That best team has now been in the World Series four times in a row. It rarely happens. Why do you think this maybe has changed the playoff? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. And it, and it um, I can tell you one thing. Winning's hard. Winning it, 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 and getting through these series and getting to the, just the opportunity of winning is really hard. So, um, you know, as you can see in the different – you look at these series, and I've been in a couple of them over the last few years. There's, there's always something that happens that surprises, right? Like, um, you know, in, in – in 17, we faced a lot of elimination games, and we keep we always won these game sevens, and that that could, those are really coin flips, and you can go either way. Um, last season, you know, we win game one against the Red Sox in the ALCS. We we have the lead in the fifth or sixth inning with Garrett Cole on the mound in game two. We don't win another game, and that was never expected. So I, there's so much randomness in the playoffs that it's hard for me to pinpoint one thing that one era versus another era um, other than you play 162 games for seeding only and then once you get into the playoffs I've always felt like it's kind of a, a start a start over with with how you play and um, you know I guess if you have the most surprise guys that step up and play if you have um, you know your best players play at their best during the during these stretches then no matter what your record is at the beginning of the sea or the end of the season you're gonna you're gonna have a chance to win in the playoffs. Tyler, seated right near chair. A couple things real quick. Yep. Um, what went into giving Alvarez the start today? And also, what have you seen from Brantley and, and uh, Altuve? They seem to really be locked in right yeah, now. Yeah, so the first, the answer to the first question on Alvarez, I targeted this day for two reasons. One, I've, I've usually started Alvarez in, in the outfield when Garrett Cole is pitching or when Wade Miley was pitching. And, and one, because Garrett would get so many strikeouts that I, I you know, there's less balls in play. and and less opportunity for, for something crazy to happen in the outfield. And then with Wade, it was more the ground balls um, and softer contact, certainly the first five months of the season. Coming into this game, I didn't want to go three games without having his bat in the lineup for multiple at-bats. I knew I had to pinch hit at bat a couple times, and I've used it the last two days. Um, factor in Garrett being on the mound, and then when Max was going to start, he put up two really good at-bats against, uh, against Scherzer in game one. So there was a dual reason for for that, so I'm completely comfortable with with Alvarez in left field. I think he is uh, limited in some ways in his range and in his experience, but he's not a liability. He's going to catch the balls he's supposed to catch. He's going to make the plays he's supposed to make. If he can help us get the lead, um, you know, I'll probably get him out of there with either Jake or Red or Tucker. And and and, but I can steal a couple of bats if we put up the bats that we put up yesterday. His his third at bat might happen in the middle of the game, and that's that would be a great advantage to get two or three at bats of his. Second part of your question on Brantley and Altuve is the quality of their bats, specifically in the World Series, has been has been second to none. I mean, just the covering different pitches, the you know, don't try to do too much and 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 take what they give you. I mean, watching Michael Brantley line virtually the same line drive like four or five times last night, you know, and I think he won. I told him he won two, he lost two, and. Um, it's just it, it, the consistency of their bats has just been remarkable. 
Um, getting them on base and, and, and certainly in tandem when they're hitting next to each other, it's really hard to get to our lineup. And when Alex comes up with a big hit last night and you start piecing two and three and four hits together, um, right now Michael Brantley and, and, and Alex Bregman are going to be, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Jose Altuve and, and Michael Brantley are going to be a part of it. Astros fans, whether you're enjoying the game at your favorite sports bar or at Minute Maid Park, please make sure you plan ahead for a safe ride home. From your friends at Silver Eagle Distributors Houston and Budweiser. And welcome back. Astros getting set to play Game 5 of the World Series against the Washington Nationals here in D.C. Pleased to be joined as we are every Sunday, and this is for the final Sunday of, of 2019, by Jeff Luno, Astros President of Baseball Operations and, and General Manager. And Jeff, a really unfortunate incident happening uh, after Game 6 of the ALCS uh, against the Yankees when the Astros clinched the trip to the World Series. Assistant General Manager Brandon Taubman, an outburst directed at some female reporters, uh, apparently about uh, Roberto Osuna and, and his acquisition, and uh, uh, led to uh, a flurry of things. And Brandon Taubman no longer works for the Houston Astros. There's a Major League Baseball investigation in, into what happened and, and into the entire incident. And I guess my question for you, Jeff, is uh, a lot's happened over the the last week or so. Uh, what's next? Where do we, where do you where does the organization go from here? And, and are you expecting? Uh, any, anything else to, to come out of this? Well, as you know, Jim Crane released a statement uh, retracting the initial uh, statement that the Astros had made after we read the story. And that was the appropriate thing to do because the statement was was not correct. I think we as an organization made a mistake in, in preparing that and releasing it. Um, we, you know, we should have done our own investigation. We should have found out the facts before we reacted. And that's uh, something we're going to have to learn from and figure out how that doesn't happen again. And Clearly, the um, you know Brandon made a mistake as well, and, and he's uh, you know going to have to pay the consequences for it. Um, you know, individuals make mistakes, organizations make mistakes. Um, we've owned up to it. You know, he's owned up to it. Uh, and and the reality is, you know, there's there's a price to pay. I think um, you know we're going to try and move on productively and make sure that things like this don't happen again, because uh, clearly it was a uh, important conversation that needed to be had. It's a big part of the conversation we've been having this last week, and. You know, we, we, we want the focus to be on the World Series, but we obviously can't ignore when something like that happens, especially with a topic so sensitive and so important for so many people. Yeah, it was, it was a serious topic, and it was bad timing, too. And how did you guys go about trying to make sure that it didn't affect the team? Well, our, our team is focused, and they, uh, you know, they when they get between the lines, they don't think about anything else. Obviously, in today's world, they're aware of everything that's going on. Um, and we've, you know, we've tried to keep their focus on the baseball game. But you know, these are important issues that affect them as well. You know, what happens in the clubhouse after a victory is that that's their sanctuary. Mm -hmm. So they're obviously concerned about it. And, and we've had an opportunity to talk to them a little bit. But we're gonna, it's a conversation that we're going to continue to have. It doesn't end you know, when the World Series is over. This is a conversation that we as organization and we as individuals need to continue to, to think about. And speaking of the, the game on the field, uh, Jose Urquidy last night, uh, outstanding performance. Didn't necessarily know what you were going to get, obviously, uh, with Urquidy getting the start, not only because he's a rookie, but he hadn't pitched a whole lot over the, the last month. And uh, But I think this is a guy, we just all of us watching him, we all kind of knew this guy was, was a little different. There may be guys who have better stuff, but this is a guy who he doesn't seem to get rattled out there. What was interesting to me is, you know, when Peacock started in the championship series, we called it a bullpen game because we knew Peacock was going to maybe get three outs, maybe four, maybe five. 
and in a worst best case scenario six. Mm -hmm. But Urquidy was a starting pitcher yesterday, and everybody kept saying we had a bullpen game. In my mind, Urquidy was starting the game, and if everything went well, he was going to pitch five innings, and I knew he was capable of doing it. In fact, quite frankly, he could have probably pitched six or seven right. yesterday. Uh, but I think AJ made the right move in pulling him out because now if we need him in game six or seven, he's potentially available. His changeup was lethal last night. His command of his pitches were there. And and he looked like the type of guy that's born to be on this stage. And it's really fun, especially for me, having been born in Mexico. There's only three pitchers that have started a World Series game. And I was involved in signing two of them, Jaime Garcia and mm. Jose Arquiti. And Jose Arquiti is the second Mexican-born pitcher to ever win a game in the World Series. And that gives me a lot of pride having come from there and you know i also gives me a lot of hope for what's happening next year we know we have rotation questions and he certainly looks like a guy that uh, could be part of our solution yeah, i'm disappointed you didn't sign fernando valenzuela by the way <laughs> yeah i know i wish you know what i had a good feeling about arquiti coming into that game and i know uh, at a, on a personal level and you root for guys and things like that but did you have a good feeling that he would pitch that well i did and really what gave me that confidence is watching him pitch against the yankees and quite frankly um just watching him pitch in high-stress situations, he doesn't seem to get rattled. Mm -hmm. He seems like he's just doing his thing, executing his pitches, and his command is excellent, his, and his weapons are there. And so I, you know, when, I, when his first pitch came out and I saw it was 95, I thought, okay, yeah. here we go. This guy's got his good stuff tonight. He's going to do everything he can. The, the game plan is excellent. I mean, I got, a, I got a lot of credit to our pitching coaches, our guys down in the clubhouse that are preparing the game plans. I mean, keeping Soto and Rendon from doing damage is, is really hard to right. do. And, and so far here in Washington, we've been successful at that. And that's a lot of good planning and anticipation of what they're going to do. You know, that, that brings up a, a question that I, that I had about the preparation. And, uh, we all know that the Astros very analytically, analytically inclined, uh, a lot of advanced uh, metrics and a lot of advanced scouting work. And every team has some, some variation of that, obviously. But do you feel like in a, in a playoff scenario, a seven-game scenario, that it kind of exposes what a strength that is, that preparation for the other team, uh, that that what a strength that is for the Astros as opposed to you know two game three game four game series during the season. I, I do think so. In a seven game series, you know, you tend to, to have more opportunity to react also, and I think that's mm -hmm. an important facet of this. It's not just preparing for game one and knowing these are hitters' tendencies. It's it's watching how they reacted to Cole. Tonight's going to be a great test for all of us because you know they got to Cole in game one, and we you know not too many teams have been able to do that. So they obviously figured something out. We have to react. Cole has to change his game plan a little bit, and they're probably going to change theirs and and hopefully tonight we see you know the more dominant call that we've seen all year when you went down zero and two and you look at the hard hit percentage of the astros compared yeah. to the nationals you guys were swinging the bats well just weren't getting uh, much to show for it did that give you a little bit uh a little extra boost knowing you're down zero and two but you're still swinging the bats well it did, and and we had you know we, we weren't having a ton of luck. Our guys were taking pretty good bats. I mean, Scherzer had a high pitch count early in that game, uh, and and there were a lot of hard hit balls straight to outfielders or infielders. Uh, but you know, when you lose the first two games and it's your top two pitchers uh, and you're at home, so what you, you know, feel like? I, I didn't feel good yep. about our chances to win the series. I knew that you know we had acquired Greg, Zach Greinke for this reason, yep. for him to come in and be a force in the postseason and and he delivered exactly what we hoped he would in game three and then game four is sort of a you know a coin toss and and Urquidy did exactly what we hoped he would so those two guys really saved our 
World Series so far. I mean, obviously, you know, the Bregman homer and the Chirinos uh, two homers and Altuve's hitting and everybody's sort of chipping in. But but those two guys, Granke and Urquidy, put us in this spot where we got a chance to go back to Houston back in control. I've got a question. So those two games, and I was thinking about this last night, those two games, games three and game four down 0-2, it felt like it was almost as impactful as Game 5 of the 2017 World Series. Those two against that one game, yeah. th- those were big pivotal moments. And, and obviously this one's not finished, but it, uh, these two games were huge, the first two games here. Yeah, it was huge. And I read something today about the World Series odds changing from before Game 4 to after Game 4 and how much it changed uh, because we won it. And it, you can't underestimate the impact of what Urquidy did yesterday and, and, and what Bregman and the guys did yesterday. Now, you know, game five, I, I think back to what we did in 2017, and that game was back and forth mm-hmm. and went in extra innings. And boy, oh boy, that was the most nerve-wracking game of my entire life. It so was more I'm, fun I, for us than you. I, it sure was. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping for a little bit of a... You know, hopefully, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping for us to win, but I'm hoping for a little less heart stress than that game. You know, when the Astros picked up Robinson Chirinos this offseason, there were some questions about, uh, you know, some things he might need to improve upon and things he might need to do better. And uh, we've seen him really shine the, the last couple of games of the World Series, home runs in each of the last two games, had a double uh, in game four yesterday as well. And uh, it seems like Chirinos, and we got to see a lot of him with the Texas Rangers over the last few years, but it, it seems like he's improved even further. And a lot of times the thought is that a guy in you know, in their 30s, who's been playing in the big leagues for a little while, there's not much room for improvement. But it looks like we've seen that with Chirinos offensively and defensively. Yeah, he's he's worked really hard to get better. And it's so hard when you're a catcher because you got to work with the pitchers. you got to work on your framing, your throwing, your receiving, your blocking. And then you've also got to work on your hitting. And, you know, those two big home runs he hit in the last couple nights were huge for us. I mean, we knew that he, we liked his bat. That's one of the reasons we signed him. But we also knew he was going to have to catch JV uh, almost every five days and the rest of our guys. And he's just done such a great job both ways. And he's such a great part of our our culture down in the clubhouse and, and the leadership down there. And, you know, the couple of him and Maldonado, two experienced catchers who both uh, are, are really two-way players and can help us both ways, has been really amazing. You know, when I think of Robinson Torinos, I, I think about – didn't really know when he was with the Texas Rangers how sincere and genuine he is. Yeah. And when you acquire a player like that, and I know you guys talk to people and see what type of player he is, but I think it's his personality that's made the biggest impact on this team. That probably tells you, even going forward, those are the type of guys we want in there. It's true. And and he's a fabulous teammate. He, he helps his teammates out and, and he contributes on the field. And you know, we had Doug Brokale here. He was over there for a while. So we had guys that uh, were with us, that were with the Rangers. And, and, you know, we got a lot of intel on what he was like as a person. Obviously, you watch him play. You know what he's like as a player. But, uh, he, you know, we, he was a special guy in the clubhouse. And we got a lot of guys like that downstairs. And um, they, they're really clicking together. They did not lose confidence. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, we lost those two games. A lot of teams might have packed it in and said, you know, it was, you know, this is as far as we're going to go this year. But our guys... We're fully confident that that they, you know, we were going to bust out offensively, and that even though we had gone through our top two pitchers, our the rest of our guys were going to give us a chance to win. And so far, it's worked out. Jeff Luno, Astros president of baseball operations and general manager, thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully, we'll see you dousing champagne here pretty soon. That would be pretty good. Every pitch, swing and a miss. Ten strikeouts for Cole. Every inning, and Cole dances back to the dugout. Of every game. See you later. See you later. Back to back. Jack. October baseball. Everybody's got to come to our house to get to the World Series.
Series. Exclusively on the Houston Astros. Now the crowd's getting frisky. Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 